How's everyone doing this morning? Afternoonish, morningish. We, I was telling Pastor Ben when he said he wanted to, uh, he wanted to pull Dominic up. He's like, I want to pull Dominic up. And I was like, all right, I'm with it. Dominic was like, I am not. <laughs> but I, uh, I really felt blessed. I felt extremely blessed to have an active duty military person here in our presence. I know we have, uh, I know we have people who have served and I am grateful for that. Um, but it's, there's a, there's seemed, I don't know, it, maybe it's just me, but there's a difference when you have a person who is in active duty um, going to do the work. Um, they are, they are at the beginning, they are charging in, so to speak, uh, to the unknown and to situations that, in my opinion, would have to be fairly, uh, scary. Um, but nonetheless, with courage, you know, Dominic has done that and, uh, I just, I, I honor you, young man, uh, for your courage, uh, and I pray that I pray that everything good that God has for you in the military, you would receive it, and anything bad that the enemy has for you, that God would deflect it and keep it at bay. I, I do, um, because I know that the enemy will try to infiltrate your camp, <laughs> uh, but I just, we will continue to pray for you and, and uh, just really believe that God's going to use you. Um, he, he didn't have much to say, but I was fortunately here, here Wednesday when uh, God used him to encourage the youth group, which if some of you know, uh, Dominic came out of the youth group. He graduated from the youth group and went right on into the military. <laughs> uh, but he came back with words of encouragement to the young people, and I thought it was awesome. That, to me, is a great example of what Pastor John is raising up. Um, great example of what his mom has raised in him uh, and just a great example of, of what I, I love that you're going to leave here and say that the body Dayton is your church, hopefully, because I, I want them to know that this is the kind of person that is coming out of here. So uh, I, I can't say enough, seriously, not just for your service, but just because of the man of God that you are growing up to be. Well done. Well done. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. <clears throat> um, I'll, I'll quit embarrassing him now. I'm going to move on to the service. Um, I do want to say to you, because he did say that he was so appreciative to all of those who wrote letters and who took the time to pray him and his uh, peers through their last press of training. 
That's what it's about. That's what being a church is about, is coming together and being supportive to those who are in our midst, and sometimes to those who are not as well. Um, it's good to have a place that you can call home, a church body that will surround you and support you. So good for you all, too, as well. So um, today, we are going to continue the study, the Bible study series that we've been doing. Um, and my title for today is, uh, or actually possibly for the next few, is our weapon as a tool of precision. So we know, or we have heard at least once within this um, within this series that we've been doing. Okay, all right. I'm going to ask Eddie, do me a favor, look this up for me because I didn't write it down. I'm pretty sure it's in Hebrews. Uh, forget what chapter though. But it, and I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong on this one. <laughs> I've read so much Bible this last few days. Um, where it talks about the word being uh, a two-edged sword, right? Precise in the way it cuts. Um, I have the scripture there, but I wanted to read it specifically, and I didn't write it down, so that's on me. I wanted you to be able to read it. Hebrews 4.12. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'm going to jump there real quick. And we are going, if you want to join me there real quick, I just want to read it. Because that's what started all of this. Hebrews 4.12. Us talking about our weapon and us talking about the word of God, right? And, and what it does and how it works and all of that different stuff. And so it says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Back to the beginning of that, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. The word of God, I said to you when I was before you last, I compared it to a scalpel, something that is so sharp and it cuts with such precision. This is the word of God. So it's no wonder, it's no wonder at all that we don't, hear me out here, that we don't like to read it. I like to read the Bible, Pastor Wayne. I, I say, hear me out. When you do, you're like, oh, this is life-giving. 
This is so interesting. This is revolutionary. Until you don't. And you're like, I don't feel like it. I don't really got time. I don't really want to. Or I don't understand it. This is, this might be a surprise to some, but the enemy and any, any thing that is working with him will do everything in his power to keep us from this scalpel, this two-edged sword that will begin to cut out anything that's not like the Father. This thing that will begin to separate us from anything that's not like the Father. This thing that will begin to transform us into what God has us to be. He doesn't want us anywhere near it. He will cast confusion. Well, I don't understand. Well, if that's true, then why is it when I read the Bible, I don't understand it? Probably because there have been multiple seeds planted into your mind so that when you get to that point, when you're going to read that scripture, that you had no idea somebody mentioned completely out of, out of context. And you go to read that scripture and you're like, well, I don't understand this. The reason you don't understand it is because you've been told it, taught it, and, and understand it completely out of context. So it doesn't make any sense to you anymore. This isn't even my message. But I want you to understand that as I preach to you over the next couple of weeks, I want you to understand that the, the, these stories, right? These stories that we're going to be looking at, they're not just stories. They are history. It is the word of God. It is, it is part of what God wanted us to hear, to, to walk through, to meditate on. It is all a part of what God put out there so that we could have an understanding of his character, who he is, what he likes, what he doesn't like, the way he can operate, but has chosen not to in all cases. What he is very capable of, but with stains from. Some people will not read the Old Testament. No, God has put that away. That is not true. Jesus himself said that it is very much important. It is very important. And if if we take the time to walk through the scriptures, we will begin to know God. Sometimes we're so caught up in knowing Jesus or knowing the Holy Spirit that we forget sometimes to know God. What? Now, if you were here, oh no two years, three years. I don't know how long it's been now, but I did a, a clear preaching on God, God, the father, God, the son, 
and God the Holy Spirit. All God. But each one characteristics that are all the same, but, but nevertheless slightly different. One is, a, is, is the creator and the provider. One has come and, and been a sacrifice and a savior. And then there's the one as the sustainer, the helper. And if we know him to be this God, then we have to understand that the creator, the protector, the, the like, we have to understand it, that he has a character. And his character, which I know we kind of grasp the concept of, but I don't think fully, I don't think fully we grasp the concept of his character. He's so clean. He's so right. He's so righteous that nothing offhanded can even come in contact close to or be near him. We have, we have, we have, we've forgotten that he is a God that will kill everything. He is that God. He will wipe everybody in this church out right now. Why would he do that? Why would God wipe each and every one of us out? right now I want you to just think of one thing just just one if he is the God that is so pure just just one thing one thing in your life would that would say I can't be here because he is that's it that's enough he is that God and he can do that. We deserve nothing more than that. But then he's also the God that sends a son so that just for the sake of us being able to stay in his presence. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. So understand, as I begin to go through these scriptures, we have to understand who God is. I do not want the enemy to try to twist any, anything in your mind. Because I know that the world has said, why would God do these things? You didn't know that that was a seed planted. That was a seed planted to get us going down a road of, well, why? Well, I don't understand why. You know that teenage, anybody here had a teenager before? You ever, you know, do you remember being a teenager? You know, you need to go clean your room. I don't understand why I need to do that though. Like why? Like it makes perfect sense to the parent. He, they understand there is a purpose and a reason, but you're like, uh, I don't understand why. Because they know everything, these teenagers, and they're like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Come on. 
And that's what we do sometimes. And that's what the world wants us to do. They want us to question God. I mean, I know as parents, we're not, and we understand we're not. But sometimes when our kids come to us and say certain things, we're like, why would you question me? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you not know who I am? You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been here for 43 years in this God for a second. No. We were talking about God, the creator. And we're like, why? Why would you let this stuff happen? Why does God do these things? If he's such a loving God. So I don't want the enemy to take your mind into that place. So let's jump in. Let's go on this journey. Last week, Chancey left off. And he was talking about the Israelites who had been freed from slavery. Pause. Now, I didn't get to tell her this. So as you go through these slides, the first few slides are going to just be one after another based off of what I'm saying right here. Okay? So they're just, they're just like solid points to just be like, eh. You know what I'm saying? I like to do that. Just, eh. You know? So God's talking, like Chancey tells us about the Israelites who had been freed from slavery, right? Yes. Let's go. So they've been freed from slavery and they had just decided they, they're freed. And then they decided they needed a God to help them aside from God who had just freed them. This is what Chancey preached last week. I mean, he said a whole lot more, but this is where he was at. He's like, Chancey said, I don't understand. Moses is up getting, like he's literally hearing from God. God's scripting on these rocks and he comes down and they've made, they've made something to worship. <laughs> don't you just love that? Like, come on, man. <laughs> Oh, like, mm, mm, mm. they made something to worship. The people of God have already failed to enter the promised land due to their own rebellion. Go back. They were freed. They're excited. They create something because they're mad. They feel a little taxed. They're not in the comforts of their shacks and shanties. They were slaves, remember? They were not living high style. It may not have been horrible. It may not have been intense, right? And that's what they're like. They're like, here we are in tents. We could have stayed there in our shacks and shanties. Let's create a God who will help us be where we want to be. The people of God have now rebelled. They failed to enter the promised land due to their rebellion and disobedience. But God gives them another way to stay on track as they move forward. He gives them another way to stay on track as they move forward. 
sacrifice and rid themselves of those who have led them astray. Now, I wanted to give you some, some connecting backstory because that's what we're doing, right? We're talking about, we're talking about Bible study. Chancy left off somewhere in Exodus, creeping into Leviticus. I didn't want to touch Leviticus very much. I'm just joking. We're, we're hopping around. I'm just kidding. We're hopping around. But nonetheless, I have just for you saved you so much time and gave you Leviticus in a nutshell. Okay? God decided to give you one more chance, Israel. I'm going to spell it out for you. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. This is how you take care of that. This is how you take care of this. If you mess up here, no worry. Just do this and you'll be good knowing your way. Leviticus. All right. Sacrifice and rid themselves of those who have led them astray. Rid themselves. Can we talk about this? It literally means kill them. Like if they are wrong, if they're out of order and they continue to be out of order, just kill them. <laughs> you know, what? Okay. <laughs> if, they, if they continue to break the commandments, just take them out off of their head. I'm not excited about that. I'm just saying. Anytime you want to complain, why would, oh, what? Don't you take his name in vain because off with your head. You know what I'm saying? George. John, about to take off your head, bro. He, hey, 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 John. You, the first stone, don't be casting those stones, brother. You turn on your head, get chopped off too. I'm just saying. We're going to be here to like, Okay, let me stop. Stay for This is your fault. Okay. So here we are. Right? Freedom. Celebrate. How did we get here? This is horrible. We need a God that can help us now. Let's build one. Oh. Oh. We get to go to the milk and honey? This is where you're taking us? Okay. All right, let's go then. Right? Someone is living there. <laughs> Come. Ah. If you've read these, if you've read this, right? These people, they're freed from slavery. <laughs> they do something stupid and end up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. You ever seen that meme where the little girl's like, you know, like, how do we get here? Really? You don't know. So God's like, I'm going to take you to a place of flowing with milk and honey. I don't know. I'm not from back in those days, but I'm guessing milk and honey would be something like. <laughs> no, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stay focused. <laughs> it's somewhere good, somewhere good, somewhere that you want to be. And they're like, yay, again. 
And then right when they're about to go, right when everything's about to go well, right? Okay, we've got this. All we have to do is, right, just get rid of those who aren't, we, we got it. We got this. We got this. Everybody, y'all good? Y'all, you good? We, we good? We good? We got this. We got this. And then, then right, right here in Numbers, right here in Numbers, somebody said to the leader that had been put in place that had from, from Exodus, okay, the same guy that from Exodus went in to e the Egyptian god, right? Remember Chansey said? The Egyptian god, Pharaoh, right? If you were here last week, he, Pharaoh is considered the god of the many that they have. And he told him, let my people go. That doesn't seem very godlike if somebody can come in and tell you to let their people go. But this guy, this leader, he, following the leading of the Spirit himself, right, says, let my people go. And then, with God's help, displays miracles. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time, and you'll get it later at the end. This leader... This leader goes in and says, let my people go. And then he displays miracles to make it very clear that I am here on behalf of somebody way greater than you. And now, this people who are following are like, who who made you boss? We just said we got this. <laughs> Did you not hear it? We got this. Who made you boss? We don't need you. This is where we're at. I set it all up for you. Here we go. Are you ready? So let's look at the scripture. Verse 1. New Living Translation, Numbers chapter 16. One day, Korah, son of Azar, a, a descendant of Kohath, son of Levi, son of Levi, Paul's, Levi. Levi is where you get the Levites, right? So just let's just roll with me here. Okay. Conspired with Dathan and Abram, the sons of Elab, and on son of Peleth, from the tribe of Reuben. Reuben. So now you've got Reuben and you've got Levi. These two are two of the men who were born of Israel or Jacob. Yes? You follow me? You with me? Last week, Chancey talked to us about Jacob, who had the 12 sons, 
12, right? And they are the part of the tribe of Israel. They had kids and they had kids and they had kids. And now you have a whole tribe of one group. Levites would be the Levites, right? And what you may not know that you're going to need to know that here in Numbers, they make very clear, is that they were the ones who were made to be the priests, right? They were the quote-unquote pastors. That was their job. So let's continue. This one guy who is a preacher has been, he has went to some of the other guys who were leaders, not a preacher, but a leader, because they're all a part of the tribe, right? Of, they're all a part of the Israelites, the 12 tribes, the important people, God's people. Just stick with me. I know you're like, oh, we know this. Somebody might not, though. That's why it's a Bible study. They incited a rebellion against Moses, along with 250 other leaders of the community, all prominent members of the assembly. They united against Moses and Aaron and said, you have gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by God. Pause. I know it says the Lord. Remember, we've got, we've got this. Who made you? Like, who made you important? We're all important here. You're not the only one important. We're all important. All prominent members of the assembly, they united against Moses and Aaron and said, you have gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord, and he is with all of us. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? When Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. After, after everything that had went down, after everything that had went down, after, after the Israelites being like, you know, this time we've got it. I know we messed up here, but we've got it this time. Seriously, no joke. Moses and, Moses and Aaron are prepping to move forward. They have just, at the end of Leviticus, they have just sent spies to go look into the land that they are going to take, the land of They came back, and there were people there. And they're like, this is ridiculous. They're like, you know what? You know what? Who, who put you in charge? Y'all done went too far this time. You talk about God taking us to milk and honey and da, 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 da. And here we are, and there they are. And you think we're going in there? You done went too far this time, Jack. You and your homie. 
Who put y'all in charge anyway? So they went and talked to 250 other people. 250 other people. They was working. I'm, listen, they was working. 250 other people, and they were like, hey, hey, don't you think they're, like, what, you know, what, no, yeah, hey, hey, what you think about them? You don't, no, me neither? Yeah, okay, good, me neither. Right? And they just kept going and kept going. They campaigning. They're campaigning against the person who brought them out of Egypt. Okay, forget that. Set that aside. They're campaigning against the person who did miracles that were clearly... Okay, wait. Set that aside, too. Set that aside. Set that aside. They're campaigning against the man who managed to live when so many other people died in the king's... Right in, right in the palace. All right. I mean, you can put that aside, too. Mind you, these people memorize these stories. You feel me? Like, they memorize these stories. They're not like, oh, I forgot. No, they memorize these stories. They know these stories. They know what this man has done. And they're like, who are you? And then Moses does what? When Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. Can anybody here say humility? You got 250 people out of millions. Just do the math, right? 250 people come and say, who are you? fell on his face. Then he said to Korah and his followers, I love this. I love this. I love this. And because of my heart and the fact that it's tainted, this is what I see. <clears throat> Tomorrow morning, the Lord will show us who belongs to him and who is holy. That's the way it reads. But my heart, my heart tells me that he was like, tomorrow morning, we're going to see. We're going to see who holy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just with a little bit of that, just a, little, just a little bit of sauce on it, he just stepped up. Like, no, he didn't get on his knees or none of that. You know? <laughs> no, okay. But he clearly did. He was, he was humble. He was humble and he was like, Tomorrow, tomorrow we'll see. I bet he was tired, like in all reality. Because the truth is, is, you know, when we go through something later, we'd be like, I should have been like, uh, uh, what? You know what I'm saying? What? You know what I mean? Like, but in the moment, <laughs> in the moment, we'd be like, all right, okay, that's cool. 
you know? Like, there's a little bit more humility in the moment, right? So my guess is that Moses is probably hurt. He's probably a little distraught. He's like, God, God, here we go again. God, here we go again. And he just looks up at him. He looks up at him from his knees, right? Face on the ground. And he just goes, tomorrow we'll see. Tomorrow we'll see. Golly. The Lord, the Lord will allow only those who he selects to enter his own presence. Korah, you and all your followers must prepare your incense burners. Light fires in them tomorrow and burn incense before the Lord. Then we will see whom the Lord chooses as his holy one. You, Levites, are the ones who have gone too far. Oh, man, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, my heart, man, my heart. Listen, when people come, all right, I'm not going to make this about me because it's not about me. But there's been too many times in my life when people have come against me and I just be like, you ain't learned yet. You ain't been watching. You don't know who I serve. You know who I serve. You clearly know who I serve, and you ain't been watching what he's been doing for me. He said to him, like he said to the Pharaoh, and he said, Go light your incense. All y'all, go light your incense and burn them. Right there, if I was Cora, I'd have had a flashback. I'd have been like, oh, shoot. He's, didn't he say, he said something like that to Pharaoh. Like, he like, oh, shoot, wait. Oh, something bad about to happen. You know what I mean? I'd have been like, hey, 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 I just yoke it. <laughs> I just got you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd have backed up real quick. I mean, you know, hey, my bad. Hey, look, we right here. Right? Like, hear what I'm saying. He says, light your fires in them tomorrow and burn incense. Then we'll see who God chooses. Right there. Right there. I just, I don't understand how they didn't remember right there. Then we'll see who he chooses. What? Wait, is it between you and me? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, shoot, God, oh, he chose you the last time, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even a pharaoh, like, all right, eight, then Moses spoke again to Korah, now listen, you Levites, remember what I told you who the Levites were, right, preachers. They're important. They're the ones that are going before God on behalf of the people. That's their job. Does it seem insignificant to you? This is verse 9. Does it seem insignificant to you that 
the God of Israel has chosen you from among all the community of Israel to be near him so that so you can serve in the Lord's tabernacle and stand before the people to minister to them? Is that insignificant to you? Moses is not happy right now. You're questioning me and Aaron, and you're the one that has been given the, 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 the gift, the opportunity to be the person that is the go-between between his people and him. You want my job? You can have my job. Because I get nothing but complaining. And you still say, like, you just get to be there and be like, oh, Lord, hallelujah. This guy loves you, but he sucks. So I'm going to do a sacrifice for him. There's no problem there. You know, they're not angry with the priest. They're not angry with them. They're just like, hey, I messed up. I need you to make a sacrifice and I'm going to go on about my business. No problem. But Moses, Moses, we've been out here for 40 years, man. What's the deal? Hey, what are we doing next? Like, do you even know? Do you even have a plan? You know, and he like, uh, he ain't said nothing yet. Can you just give me a second? You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is the story. And here we are. Korah, he has already given this special ministry to you, verse 10, and, and your fellow Levites. Are you now demanding the priesthood as well? The Lord is the one you and your followers are really revolting against. Wow. Moses is making it plain right there. If not before, right there. Right? I mean, if not before, then right there. Right? You'd be like, oh, you're right. You're right. My bad. I'm s guys, mm -mm. go. No. That's not what happens, though. How? How do we do this? How do we do this? I'm reading this and I'm really frustrated because I'm like, how do we do this? How do we do this thing that they're doing? Who are you? What, what, like, who made you special? We, he knows the answer to that. How do we do this? How do we continue to ask a question we know the answer to? He's got a title. He's important. He's got a title and he's important. What more does he want? How do we do this? How do we do this? Now, see, right now, I'm not just reading you a story. I'm not just, you know, all this. No, I, I, I'm trying to make sure you're hearing it. I want to put you in the story. I want you to feel the story. I want you to get what is happening. This man who has a title, who is important in his own right, who is one of 250 other leaders, have all come to these two men to ask them who they are to question them about what they're doing. What more do they want? What more do they want? They want to be Moses? Do they want to be his second hand, Aaron? Because neither one of them asked for that. 
Neither one of them asked for that. But yet, here these men are, 250 of them saying, who are you? Who made you this? For, watch this, look at, look at, look at, I love that. And Moses says, let's go back to 11, beginning 11. The Lord is the one you and your followers are really revolting against. For who is Aaron that you are complaining about him? Moses ain't even gave Aaron any important title or label. He's not even important yet. He's basically a lackey. And they're questioning Aaron. And Moses is like, really? Then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Elab. But they replied, watch this. He summoned the other guys, but they replied, the two other guys, we refuse to come before you. Isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt, a land flowing with milk and honey, to kill us here in this wilderness, and that you now treat us like your subjects? What's more, you haven't brought us into another land of flowing milk and honey. You haven't given us a new homeland with fields and vineyards. Are you trying to fool these men? We will not come. We will not come. Nope. You didn't jacked up. You ain't done nothing right. You ain't done nothing good. We're not coming to talk to you. For what? You done messed up. They have disregarded everything up to this point. They've been called out right? They've been called out and they won't even, they won't even come to answer or give response to what they've said. We're not coming because you messed up. You ever seen that? People deflect. We got a problem. Well, what's your problem? We don't want to talk about it. I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. You wrong. Tell me what I've done wrong. I don't even want to talk about it. You're wrong. You ain't done nothing right. Then Moses became very angry. Oh, here we go. Then Moses became very angry and said to the Lord. <laughs> See, he had a little dirt in his heart too. Do not accept their grain offerings. I have not taken so much as a donkey from them. And I have never hurt a single one of them. He was mad. I ain't, I ain't took nothing from these jokers. Don't take anything from them ever again, Jesus. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? He got, he got indignant. Indignant. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. And Moses, and Moses said to Korah, you and all your followers must come here tomorrow and present yourselves before the Lord. Aaron will also be here Love it again. Love it again. He said, you know what? He ain't even nobody, but I'm, you know, I'm going to bring him here too. Since you put his name in it, me and him will be right here. He ain't even nobody important, but he's going to be right here next to me. 
because we know. Right there again, I'd have been like, hey, fellas, I think he might be up to something. Like, why do you just say it like that? You know, like, why do you just say it like that, though? Like, he bringing Aaron. Did you catch that? You know? Let's continue. Aaron will be also be here. You and each of your 250 followers must prepare an incense burner and put incense on it so you can all present them before the Lord. Aaron will also bring his incense burner. So each of these men prepared an incense burner lit the fire and placed incense on it. Then they all stood at the entrance of the tabernacle with Moses and Aaron. Meanwhile, Korah had stirred up the entire community against Moses and Aaron. Pause. Man, you got 250 people. And just like that, you have now went and continued to campaign against this man. The whole community now. The whole community. The 250 leaders wasn't enough. He said, hey, hey, 250, 250, listen up. I want you to go back, each one of you, to your communities, and I want you to just tell everybody this, this, this joker ain't doing what he need to do. We ain't, we ain't walking in milk and honey, okay? We've been taken out. Ain't nothing going right, and this is all his fault. Go tell him that. This is all his fault. Then the glorious presence, they're all standing there. They're all standing there. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to the holy community. The whole community. They're definitely not holy. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, get away from all these people so that I may instantly destroy them. Come on, bro. Come on. I mean, in that moment, I know Moses then went through a lot of stuff. But in that moment, he was like, yes. (laughs) Just for a second, though. Just for a second, because he's good. He's really good, right? But just for a second, he was like, yes. I know who goes before me. Do you know who goes before you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I just want to hit him with one of those, like, I told you so. <laughs> but, but he didn't do that. He didn't do that. <clears throat> he says, get away from all these people so that I may instantly destroy them. Listen to this. Listen, this, what I'm telling you, the jokes and the laughs, that's all, that's all in our heart. That is what we would like to do, and that's what we would like to say deep down in here. But when we really know who goes before us, when we really know who we serve, when we really trust in the God who has done all of these great things, and he has shown himself to repetitively be who he is, and we get it, we, I mean, when we really, really get it, This is what we really do. But Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground. 
let's go. They didn't need to say nothing. The God who had, who had done over and over and over was already there. And they knew what he was capable of. And because of that, they actually begin to feel bad for these people. They fell down on the ground, on their face. Oh God, they pleaded. You are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Must you be angry with all the people when only one man sinned? Who are they talking about? Korah. The 250, they were like, mm. but this joker. And the Lord said to Moses, then tell all the people to get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. God's like, mm-mm. We're not just going after the one. We're going to get his two cohorts as well. So Moses got up and rushed over to the tents of Dathan, Abiram, followed by the elders of Israel. Quick, he told the people, get away from the tents of these wicked men and don't touch anything that belongs to them. If you do, you will be destroyed for their sins. So all the people stood back from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Then Dathan and Abiram came out and stood at the entrance of their tents. Remember, they never even came. So they in the house like, what's going on? Why y'all here? Why y'all here with this fool? Right? Says, they came out stood at the entrance of the tents together with their wives and children and little ones. And Moses said, this is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things that I have done. You wanted to an answer? Here's your answer. For I have not done them on my own. If these men die a natural death or if nothing unusual happens, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord does something entirely new and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them and all their belongings and they go down alive into the grave, then you will know that these men have shown contempt for the Lord. He had hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them. Pause. Now, come on. Come on, why do we continue to do what we do? I mean, it's not hiding. The consequences are not hidden. The situations are not undercover. It's all out here in the open. You can see it. Uh, 
they hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed the men along with their households and all their followers who were standing with them and everything they owned. So they went down alive into the grave along with all their belongings. The earth then closed over them and they all vanished from among the people of Israel. All the people around them fled when they heard their screams. Imagine. I mean, come on, bro. Listen. The screams. That I know that I know. My wife is crying. Like, all jokes aside, now I have to admit, my heart has been tainted. It's tainted. I am not as sensitive as my wife is. Because, <laughs> see, I still want to laugh. And it's not because I think it's funny. It's because I just, I, I can't understand how we don't get it. I don't understand how we don't get it. I'm like, kill him. My wife's like, but, 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 but Dwayne. I'm like, no. They know. They heard the word just like we heard the word. Let them have it, God. That's why we're together. My wife is always like, babe, no. And I'm like, all right. That's why, but see, seriously, can I just, I want to just a quick, quick break, right? I love this woman. She's so pure. She really is. Like, seriously. If you don't know my wife, she, she's really pure. Sometimes, in my opinion, naive almost. Right? But it's because her love, and it's like Jesus gave her something special. I'm not saying she's God, but this relationship is, is very similar to this relationship. Because I'm like, God, get him. And he's like, Dwayne. And I'm like, all right. You know, I'm like, all right, you're right. You are the God that created everything. You are amazing. And the Lord said to Moses, wait, I don't want to get ahead. Go back to 34. All the people around them fled when they heard their screams. The earth will swallow us too, they cried. Then fire blazed forth from the Lord and burned up the 250 men who were offering incense. God was very specific. Moses was very specific. 
if I'm wrong, if God is not with me, then whatever. But if he is, let the ground open up right here. Because we all know that that ain't going to happen, right? We all know that the ground just doesn't open up automatically, so let that happen. If God is with me, let it open up, swallow y'all, and then close right back up as if it never happened. And then God was like, all right, I'm going to take care of the rest of these fools. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, to pull all the incense burners from the fire. For they are holy. Also tell him to scatter the burning coals. Take the incense burners of these men who have sinned at the cost of their lives and hammer the metal into a thin sheet of overlay, I mean, to overlay the altar. Since these burners were used in the Lord's presence, they have become holy. Let them serve as a warning to the people of Israel. Man, another warning. Man, how many? So Eliezer, the priest, collected the 250 bronze incense uh, burners that had been used by the men who died in the fire. And the bronze was hammered into a thin sheet to overlay the altar. This would warn the Israelites that no unauthorized person, no one who was not a descendant of Aaron, should ever enter the Lord's presence to burn incense. If anyone did, the same thing would happen to him as happened to Korah and his followers. So the Lord's instructions to Moses were carried out. But the very next morning, the whole community of Israel began muttering again against Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the Lord's people. See, see, look, look, now she's laughing. <laughs> it's, it's disappointing, she said. But I don't even need to say nothing. Let's just keep reading. The very next morning, the whole community of Israel began muttering again against Moses and Aaron, saying, you have killed the Lord's people. As the community gathered to protest against Moses and Aaron, they turned toward the tabernacle and saw that the cloud had covered it. At what point? At what point do we understand? This gives me great anxiety. I mean, seriously, I could scream. I mean, literally, I'm reading this now for the third time, okay, just in the week, and I'm so angry right now because I'm like, how can you be so stupid? 
I know I am not perfect, far from it, and I continuously mess up. But come on. Come on. Just yesterday, ground open up. My guy says, if God's not with me, nothing will happen. If he is, this will happen. Very specifically, it happens, and you're still like, you've killed God's people. Clearly, he didn't. Clearly, he had nothing to do, well, other than, right? But, oh. As the community gathered to protest against Moses and Aaron, they turned toward the tabernacle and saw that the cloud had covered it and the glorious presence of the Lord appeared again. Moses and Aaron came and stood in front of the tabernacle and the Lord said to Moses, get away. No, 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 no. Move out the way. They want it. They got it. All these people, uh, get away from all these people so that I can instantly destroy them. <laughs> instantly destroy them. But Moses and Aaron fell on their faces on the ground. And Moses said to Aaron, quick, take an incense burner and place the burning coals on it from the altar. Lay incense on it and carry it out among the people to purify them. And make them right with the Lord. The Lord's anger is blazing against them. The Lord's anger is blazing against them. The plague has already begun. The plague has already begun. God did. I thought plagues were only supposed to be for the bad people. How is it that we, the body of Christ, are witnessing plagues? If you want a sign, there's one. If you want a sign, there's one. Something's wrong. If you're witnessing what the people who go against God have witnessed, if you're experiencing, there might be something wrong. There might be something wrong. If you have people who are interceding on your behalf, 
because of what you've done. There might be something wrong. All jokes aside, hear what I'm saying. Do not hear this and make it another story. Do not hear this and think it's not about me. It's all about us. It's all about us. It's not talking about the people outside. If you didn't know that, you know that now. This story is not about them. It's not about the sinners. It's not about the people that don't go to church. It's not about them. This story is about us. Aaron did as Moses told him, and he ran out among the people. The plague had already begun to strike down the people, but Aaron burned the incense and purified the people. He stood between the dead and the living, and the plague stopped. But 14,700 people died. 14,000. 700 people just dropped dead right there in front of all of their faces. Right there in front of them. I don't care if they were at home. I don't care. 14,000 people died and they knew it. And the only reason it stopped was because the man of God ran out and he interceded on their behalf. There's no way. There's no way you don't see what happened. There's no way you don't know. There's no excuse. There's none. The leaders, the two that had been brought up for judgment by the people, still interceded on behalf of the people. This is my closing. This story is a shadow of our Savior, Jesus Christ who was bought up among the people for judgment because he, he convicted them. Because the way he lived was, it was so righteous that it made them feel bad. They said to him, who do you think you are? You've gone too far this time. And he cried, he wept, he prayed. He said, forgive them for they know not what they do.
he died. He said, no, 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 no. Dad, no more. Not 14,700. Not three in their families. Not even one. No more. I'll go. I've got this. Because they're not going to get it. They're not going to get it. If they ain't got it by now, they're not going to get it. I've got this. Are you convinced now that this story is about you and me? Can you see yourself here? Can you understand that this is you? Can you understand that you are I do. I do. I'm going to be honest. I look at God and I say, I don't even know what to do. Can I, I'm, I'm going to be 100% transparent with you. And I'm doing this because I want to lead by example. God, I don't even know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why. Why do I do this over and over? Why do I do this? I did this. I put me here. I messed it up. Then I get angry with you. I did this. I put me here and then I get angry with them. I did this. I put me here and then I'm angry with you again. Help me. Help me to quit being so stupid. Help me. But when he helps me, I have to say this. I have to, because if I don't, then it's, it's as if there is no hope. I have to say this. I'm not saying this. I'm not patting myself on the back. You've had your victories too. I believe it. I know it. I've seen it. You've had your victories too. But here's the deal. If we will listen and then just be obedient. Deny yourself. When you get that feeling, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Like, we're smart enough. We are smart enough to know when it's God and when it's not. And if you're not sure, err on the side of not going with, with what doesn't sound very godly. If I want to go to Pastor John and be like, I just don't like the way you do youth group. I don't like the way you do youth ministry. You're too unhinged. I just don't like it. No. 
I should have denied myself because you know what that was really about? It was about me saying what I felt like I needed to say. Well, no, Pastor Dwayne, I really heard a word from the Lord. Well, guess what? If you heard from the Lord, so can he. And maybe if he needs to hear from the Lord, it might not be from you. Why? Because you have a problem with him. Oh, I'm saying something now and I don't even know why. Listen to me. This is not, this is, oh, I need you to hear me here. I need you to hear me here because this is going to sound like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing something that I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. I'm just hearing this story and I'm saying to myself, it was, it was a leader. It was three leaders that got 250 leaders to come against the two leaders. And I'm telling you right now, they were off. And all of you could hear it. Are you following me? All of you were listening to the story and could hear it. That means they could too. They could see that there was mm, something not right here. But they didn't deny themselves and they went forward anyway. That's all I'm saying. I am not talking about some super mystical spiritual thing that nobody knows. No, everybody could see that. Apparently not though, right? <laughs> I guess. Apparently not. 14,700 people die. Apparently everybody could not see that. Or they just didn't want to. Hey, take it, take it, take it, take it, and do what you will. I understand, man. I'm just saying, I understand that what I just said could have really been taken wrong by some people. <laughs> I realize it, but it was, it was already out there. <laughs> okay. And it totally lines up with the story. Uh, I, I'm not going to say sorry. I'm just saying, take it and don't wake up tomorrow and be like, <laughs> okay. Okay. My wife is getting on me now. She's like, Dwayne. All right. I, listen, this, did everybody hear everything from the word? Let's pray. Lord, Lord, Lord. I don't know why you tell me to preach something like this. You know, I can't handle it. Thank you though. Anyway for your grace and your mercy. God, I pray right now that your people would hear, they would hear your word. They can take out everything else that I said. They can go back and read it by themselves. Matter of fact, I pray, Father, that they will. I pray that they would go sit down and take it in. That they would take it in and that they would, they would allow it to cut away that they would allow your word to do its precision work and cut away anything that might cause them to fall in place with Korah. I pray right now, God, I intercede on the behalf of your people. Don't allow them to die, Jesus.
Don't allow the enemy to come and to kill and to steal and destroy. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now that you would be with your people. Now, I know Pastor Ben gave an opportunity for someone to give their life, and I want to do the same with every head bowed. If you're here today and you don't know God as your Lord and Savior, you don't know Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, if you would just raise your hand, Amen. I'm going to pray. Let's just all pray. Lord God, I just come into you right now, Father. Bless us. Help us to know your son. God, strengthen our faith. God, show us. Show us, Lord, the way you've been working in our lives. Show us, God, the moments and the times that we didn't recognize it was you moving, God. Help us know that it was you, that it's been you all along that has been keeping us. God, make plain to us your work in our lives. The good, the bad, and the indifferent, Lord God, help us to see when you've said no. Help us to see when you've said yes. Help us to see when you've said hold tight and wait a minute. God, help us to see your hand on these situations so that we can divide God when the enemy is causing strife and when you are working to make us better. Help us to see Jesus. Help us to turn away from our sin. Help us to repent. God, I pray right now that we would deny ourselves, our flesh, that we would pick up our cross and that we would carry it daily, daily, every day, in the name of Jesus, each and every person under the sound of my voice, that we would die to our own flesh daily. Be with us. Keep us. Watch over us, I pray. In your son Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I hope you will come back. I am always this animated if this is your first time. Uh, I don't know that I am that funny all the time, but <laughs> nonetheless, thank you for joining us here at The Body Dayton. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.